You're listening to In the Open, a Mental Health America podcast, a space where we explore mental health and navigate the challenges of life through honest and candid conversation. Hi, everybody. It's America. We're back for another session of In the Open. Hi, everyone. Today, we're going to talk about asking for what we need, what I need, what you need, which Today, I can tell you, is a place that I don't even know if I need how to vocalize what I need today. So if you were listening to last week's session where we talked about how do I take care of myself, yeah, I thought that conversation was very interesting because you were not the best place. But one of the things that came out of that conversation for me was in helping you think through of things that you were actually doing to help yourself, which I think sometimes we struggle in, in identifying on our own. So I don't know if if that resonated at all with you. I I absolutely think self-care and taking care of myself is intimately tied to (laughs) asking for what you need. Yeah. I think for me, I struggle in asking for what I need. Sometimes I'm good at it. Other times I don't have the energy to, I'm going to say fight for what I need, even though I know that that's not the best thing. I, I don't know if maybe for something in my head says, well, maybe that that is you a- asking for what you need by knowing I'm not going to fight for this right now. I don't have the energy to do. You know, does that make sense? What I just like said to you? No, it totally <laughs> makes sense. Um, and and I feel like what happens when we're in these moments too, where everything feels so overwhelming is that before I even have, don't have the energy to fight for what I need is that I, it's like when you're so overwhelmed, you also, it's very hard for you to understand what you need mm. because inevitably in this moment, people are like, what do you want? You know, and it sounds so aggressive and you're like, and the only thing you're thinking is whatever you're saying and putting out is making me angry. And so uh, I, I don't know when someone is like, well, what do you want? And it's like, I don't know what I want. <laughs> yeah. And, or like, <laughs> I just want you to shut up, shut up. Yeah. And what is that? Right. Is your, I think there's some part of us that knows that what we want is out, but that that's also just the surface level because avoidance, yes. avoidance is so powerful, but it doesn't solve any of my freaking problems totally and it's just so easy to only ever avoid my whole life but it doesn't actually heal my soul mm-hmm. <laughs> or really make me feel better because yeah I was a hot mess and I'm not I cannot say I'm better like I know you were like well how are you are you better and I'm like I don't I'm not gonna say that I'm better but I've just become better at running away putting it in a box and putting it away so so I can just live today mm. I know that what you said is true. If we have a problem, you and I have a problem, I have to come at you with a willingness to be able to talk about it and then hopefully address the problem, get to the core issue and then be like, okay, we've talked about it. We've we've unearthed all the nasty crap that sits with that thing and we get to a solution, right? Like we're going to get to a place where it's better. I love that you said that because that's in the context of a relationship. And then and then if you expand that bigger and you say, well, what do I need because of my job? My job is causing me distress. Or what do I need because of my depression? Because my brain is not functioning. It gets even more weird because these don't feel like systems that you can change. People who not are never going to be good partners in following through. 
yeah, you know, like you, you can, you can hold certain people accountable. You can hold yourself accountable, but it's there, there is the aspect to this conversation that knowing what you need to be able to navigate whatever nasty situation you're in or whatever nasty feelings you have, hurtful feelings. For me, it's getting to the place where you are right now that like, no, you're not necessarily feeling, feeling better, but for you, it's avoidance. And in part it is, but for me, I feel like it's putting it away enough until I have the capacity to, to take it out again and handle it. Mm -hmm. It's so true to the, to the nature of identifying immediate needs with long-term needs. I think that's, that's a distinction that exists for me. Mm -hmm. You know, like we talk about oftentimes, like getting to the point where you may see like taking a shower is kind of an immediate need. Um, getting food is an immediate need. Mm -hmm. But in, in the long term, it's like if you if you kind of pull that out a little bit further, whether it's dealing with your parents, right, that are like not at all in line with your thinking or dealing with work where you're struggling and you have to work because you need to make a living and you need money to do what you want to do. But it's like a crappy situation. How can you still navigate those spaces and keep yourself well enough that you don't let it overwhelm you. And that's where my head goes, mm -hmm. even in relationships, right? I know I may need some distance. So being able to say, <laughs> say it, right? Like not immediately like, just be like, I need to go for a drive. Yeah. I'm leaving the house. I'll be back in an hour. It's so good that you can say that. I, I don't know if you've ever, if you can go back to a time in your life where I, I needed a recipe to help me get to that point. And I've mentioned it a couple of times on the podcast where NVCI or nonviolent communication intervention, I think is what it's called, mm -hmm. says, you know, uh, identify what happened, identify how you're feeling, and then what you need was so important to slow down that process. And it helped me realize how bad I was at, at getting to identifying and asking for what I need. And, and, and understanding how that came from the feeling that I had, because if I was feeling vulnerable or insecure or scared, it's so hard and choky to say to the person that you want something from, I, I need you to have compassion for me right now and say these words, or I need you to let me go first, or I need you to not say something if I do this. <laughs> If I do this, or I need you to cut those words out of your vocabulary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I need you to never say that ever again, because the way my brain is interpreting it is not good. I hear you say that. And immediately, I'm like, that's not possible for me, right? Now, that's not possible. And then I'm like, America, shut up. You, you, you started to do that. I've learned how to do that, where I'm like, exactly what you're saying, like, when you say these things, my brain automatically goes here. But if you avoid those words, it totally helps for my brain to remain calm. Yeah. That's all. And away from a judgment place, because I think it's very comfortable and we're accustomed to saying, well, I need you to be less of a jerk, which is not useful for people in your life. Like I've started to wonder, I'm obviously not a list person, but lately I'm like, should I be writing down a list of things that I need to hold myself accountable to following through with them? Because sometimes I'm like, I so don't prioritize 
what I need and then I can't commit to it or fight to it, like you said. But I also don't hold it in my mind long enough to follow through. Yeah. I have not written anything down, even though I, I mentally I will capture it, but I have not written anything down. It's really interesting that you don't because you're an organized list person. And maybe it speaks to something about needs. Like it's quite possible that needs are temporal and they have to be in the moment. And the practice is mostly in our lives. It's just, what do I need right now in the moment to be well? No, man. And is that what we're dressing or we're like, okay, that I we could do because I can take the walk, as you said, take the shower, but okay, then let's talk about the, the big needs. Yeah. Like, I have to prep myself to have a conversation with somebody about something very difficult and I need to... I need to address a big thing. In the past, I have not written a list, but I've written like a, a letter. Mm, mm-hmm. And for the simple notion that I know myself enough that I wouldn't be able to capture all of the thoughts that are in my head in a cohesive manner so that the person on the other side could hear me. Yes. So I wrote it down so I could just be, I'm going to read this to you. I yes. just need you to listen. So in one way, I've already done that, right? Like I've recognized I don't have the capacity at that moment to be able to keep my thoughts together. This is one way to help. And I haven't done that in a while, man. So maybe, maybe that's a moment that I'm like, okay, maybe you should write this down. I absolutely have also written letters when, after a big fight or we had a whole project on writing a letter to your mental illness mm-hmm. to personify it and help yourself understand the way it impacts your life and where it comes from and how to start addressing it. And yeah, maybe there's something therapeutic in that space, you know, because when big needs come, they're so, they are important. They're, they're more than just the little thing that you do, you need to yes, walk through it. Yeah. The, the other, the other side of that though, is an idea that if you, if I, let's say, let's say I put something down on paper and I'm going to see it every day. Mm. If I'm not able to check that box and be like, okay, you've eaten a vegetable. Mm-hmm. And then it can become a negative reinforcer of X thing that I'm like, see, I knew I couldn't do it. Mm. You know what you know what I mean? And so <laughs> I think in part why why I don't write those types of things down is because I don't want to be held accountable. Fudge. <laughs> Are you gonna throw up? I good <laughs> moment. <laughs> yeah, I, dude. No, oh I not only do I not want to be held accountable, I I'm afraid to share letters because I'm afraid of the rejection or when Mm. the fear that somebody cannot give me what I've wanted. So the side of that letter too, if if there is a human person or a system on the other end, it's like, it's, I think it's the reason why we take so long to fight for a raise. For example, those it's the same kind of fear. You're like, Oh my gosh, I'm about to go walk in and say to this person, like, this is the value that I have. And and what if they're like, okay, that's great, but no, you're not. <laughs> it's like, oh, you want ten more dollars? No, thanks. You're fired. I'll find somebody that takes the five dollars that you're being paid. 
oh, you need help. <laughs> we can't give you that help. It's so deep, but it's so needed. That's And that's why it, make, it makes me laugh because it's it's such an uncomfortable space to be in. But I recognize right now as part of our conversation that it is a very clear way to see if you're showing up for yourself. Yeah. Did did you write the letter? Did you right. did you follow up with the letter? I I do find that if I have something big like that and I'm also processing, I do find safe people to work through them with before I have to go to the big person, you know, the big thing to go yeah. ask for the need and and that's that's been a lifesaver in some kind of ways because the people will prep me to say, well, let's walk through what your mm. expectations are. Like, what if you give this to the person and they don't show up the way you expect? What do you, what's the worst case scenario? And what are you going to do about it? And I, it's so important to do that before you walk into a big need moment because it's otherwise too scary or devastating to leave it unchecked. Okay. So where my mind also goes around the this type of conversation and, and identifying your needs and then be able to ask for your need is, you know, SMART goals. Mm-hmm. So SMART goals for people that don't know, you can Google it, but SMART goals, it stands for um, specific, measurable, actionable, or attainable. Realistic. Realistic and time-based. Time-bound or time-based, yeah. Time-based, time-bound, yeah. So... Where you would have, for example, um, a very like broad idea, right? Like I'm going to be able to talk to my mom about my relationships, something, okay? Yeah. And it's not a smart goal, right? In the way that there's nothing measurable around it. There's nothing that says I'm going to talk to my mom by Tuesday of next week. So that's the time bound. Yeah, that's the time bound. And it's like, I'm going to talk to her for 15 minutes. (laughs) And if that's the case where you can't even have a conversation with your mom, right, without like losing it two minutes in, then that's a thing. Maybe it's 15 minutes that you set yourself. The idea behind, for me, the idea behind this is that it helps us define what we really are asking for. Yeah. I think using the SMART acronym is useful, especially when tackling, I mean, we historically, the mental health community has used SMART goals as a way to break down a very big problem into mm. something that is, I feel like it really hones you in on that attainable and realistic. We we, we say, well, I just want to get better. Yeah. And that's what most people say when, they, when they're in a moment of, of need, right? But you're like, okay, but what, okay, so what does getting better look like? And what would you be doing? Um, if you were better or when you were better. Mm-hmm. And it does look like that. It's like, I'm going to get up three times a week and shower all the way to I'm going to apply for three schools and start class. And I, it's, it's, so, it's so useful to break down this very big thing into smaller attainable goals. Yeah. Otherwise, it, it becomes something that is too, is, is too hard to do, right? Yeah. I want to have a better relationship with X person. But that doesn't mean anything because it's hard to be able to hone in on the things. What does it mean, a better relationship? Does it mean we don't argue? We do things, I don't know, together. We find a a common activity, whatever the case, right? Or I can just be in the same room with you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I can sit next to you for 15 minutes without the need to argue. 
or or run away or cry. Totally. Totally. All valid. But I think that's a tool that ends up really helping us detangle our thoughts in a way that then leads us to make it easier for us to then be able to say what I need. So if we kind of do that, right? And like what you were saying, I want to feel better. Yeah. Okay. You've identified all these things. Then how do I identify the need? You also then have to share that with somebody. After you figure out what you need. Yeah. Do you have the motivation to follow through? And I think that question it always leads me to say, if I don't feel like I can do it, then it then I have already identified then that there's something even more beneath that that I need to do yeah. to prepare to get to that place. Like if I need to have a difficult conversation and I'm not ready for that, then it's because I need something else before that. I need to hmm. practice something to get into a calm space to be safe or, or is it practicing the conversation itself over and over so that I'm not wrapped up in the emotion of it. And I can mm-hmm. step up, step away from the emotion enough to just get through the ask. I wasn't even thinking about what you're saying that there's another, there's another reason there that you don't have the energy to do it, which leads you to the path of having a, a, another conversation with yourself, right? Like, well, why? If you were in a different scenario, you would go and like, you know, up in arms, let's do this. But why aren't you doing that here? Yeah. What other additional needs do you have that you have not attended to? Yeah. And we, we spend so much time pushing forward while suppressing our own needs. We're so good at that, that we so not healthy. <laughs> lived a lifetime of self neglect. Mm. And that's why self-care is deeply tied to asking and following through for what you need. Because so much of it is what have I not given myself mm-hmm. the opportunity to do, to take care of myself. Part of this conversation pushes me to ask the question, if you are struggling, it, and this is a question to myself, okay, and then I'm, I'm using it for the rest of you guys because maybe it helps you. If you're really struggling to find and identify and say the words, I need X thing, are you okay with that? And if my answer is no, I'm not okay with that. I got to figure out what it is that's holding me back from my willingness to tackle the hell out of it and get it, get to a better place. There, we can't control, I mean, what is it everybody always tells you, you know, you can't control other people, but you can try to control what you can control. I think it just helps you realize, like, we spend so much time in our brains controlling, wanting to control other things or control Mm. other systems, and you sometimes can't. Yeah, which creates more of a burden on you because you're, like, pushing against this thing that's not willing to budge. It's not moving. So the only thing that can budge is you. Or, and, or sometimes the question is, do, do you really need to spend so much of your mental energy ruminating over how much you can't change that system? Or is it going to be healthy for you right now in this one moment, stupid brain, to, to say slowly, you cannot change that. And it's not healthy for you to keep thinking about it. So right now, stop that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and focus on what you can do and what you need to do. 
Yeah, the image that comes to mind is a wall and you keep pushing against this wall and you're pushing and you put in all your strength towards moving this wall and it hasn't budged. It has not budged at all. Mm -hmm. So then the question is like, okay, why are you pushing the wall? <laughs> what else can you do? And then if you look around and, you, and you're in this room, we're like, oh, wow, I could stack all these things that are over there and actually climb over that wall. Mm -hmm. Or choose another wall. Yeah. Or to get to the same goal. <laughs> yeah. Figure out what's happening, right? Like, yeah, I, I think we get fixated on the things that are, are immediately in front of us mm -hmm. because our, our brain leads us down that path. And so in many ways, we need something that will kind of guide us towards this other direction and say, hey, hey, pause for a second. Let's look at this differently and let's figure it out what else we can do. I like that you said that because it. I think you're absolutely right. We can also fall into the space where we think that the only answer is one answer mm. to make you feel better. And you have to remember that that's not true yeah. as a way to get out of these traps when you, when you don't know what you need or even how to ask for what you need. Or if somebody also rejects you or does something that doesn't work out, like it's not the end, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. So what do you need today? <laughs> Dude, what I need to do is write. No, I need to write some stuff down, man. I really need to get these thoughts on paper. I need to stop avoiding. I don't know. That's hard, though. I feel like the avoidance is helping me literally function. Mm -hmm. I'm always. I'm really scared right now to give myself the time to to pay attention to my depression because that's just a repeat of last week. I understand that, and I hear that. Like, that's what I was saying. Like right now, you don't have the capacity to do that. Yeah, I don't want to. You wanted yeah. me to get on this podcast today and be like, well, we need to just continue because you're obviously not well. And I'm like, that didn't change. I just really good about putting it on a shelf, you know, in all of this, just self-compassion is setting boundaries. Self-compassion is being with yourself exactly in the moment of where you are today in this moment and taking breaths and understanding yourself well enough to protect yourself. That is what we mostly need. Yeah. And then I guess I should say, and to be well, because the ultimate protection is like, well, I will avoid all things and protect myself at all costs, which means I take no risks <laughs> at all. And I, and that's not what you really need either because it's isolating and it's lonely and it's sad. And we don't want that devil you know. We have to take risks to get to that devil you don't know. Mm. Is it worth it for you when you've pursued things and taken risks? Uh, I mean, I think in the long run. Yeah. But in that in the immediate moment, I don't think I've always felt that it's always been worth it. A hundred percent. If you could see to the long term, I've always come out better for it by taking that risk. But Certainly when they f it fails or it's hard, you're... The I true heart of it, right, is like, it, it may hurt. It may hurt and it may feel uncomfortable. It may not be something you're accustomed to. But you're pushing, you're pushing yourself in ways that I think you know you're capable, like deep down you're capable of doing it. But it's just the newness and uncomfortableness of it. Sometimes it's too overwhelming and that's okay. And you're just like, I'm not ready for that thing. Uh-uh, no, not going down that path. But yeah. you do have to give yourself a chance to explore the why. But not everybody, not everybody is there. 
not, you know, you, you and I are in a different journey in, in many ways in that one, we have one another that we can come to and have these conversations. And two, like some people don't even care about this crap. They're just living and like nothing, nothing in their existence is processed. Like we process stuff. So then when we come at it in this way, they're like, the hell? No, well, that's why you can't talk to someone who's happy <laughs> when you're sad. Like, that's not what you need in that moment, right? Pick the right people to support you through what you need. <laughs> like, I, but I'll, and I will end my closing statement with I have found that there's a difference between understanding what I need and what I want because I want things to be over or I want things to change. I do need those things in some ways, but what is it that I really need? I will I will close saying this. Um, I'm glad that today you're able to set a boundary, which is like a big deal because of all the work that you've done. I think that's really great. The other thing I would say is spend time, spend time thinking through the distinction that you just made, Teresa. What is it that you want and what is it that you need? Okay, people, what do you need? Writing a letter to work out how you're going to ask for it, practice it, and do it. Commit. Yeah. Find a person to help you commit. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.